Hello and welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Wal Hattar and with me is Hin Mizaina. Today we're talking to Laura Metzler from Mariah Art Center. And the show she had just curated Collectivity, Objects and Associations in the UE Art World. This is on from June 15th to August 19th. Hello, Laura. Hi. This is a curatorial, anthropological, kind of larger research project that kind of spans different kinds of people in the art world, and it's a study of that. Could you highlight to the listeners a little bit before we talk about um, the show itself and the questions? Um, yeah, so I'm going to kind of backtrack and just sort of explain the the show. The essential, I mean, the, the title is Collectivity, Objects and Associations, um, and so it's it's looking specifically at artwork um, and lending it from people who are working within the arts infrastructure in the UAE. Um, through these uh, through these objects, like each person who was invited to submit was also asked to uh, share a brief story of up to 350 words about how and why they acquired the, the object. Um, so the criteria was you need to be working within the arts infrastructure and it needs to be something that you personally own um, as an individual. Uh, that is either an artwork or an art-related object. Um, so there's kind of a lot of different layers that we're looking at here. Um, the first one is sort of who counts as working in the arts infrastructure, who is eligible to, to submit. Um, and that uh, essentially the limitations that I set, I removed people who are purely artists and purely collectors or patrons. Um, but you could be a collector and a patron or an artist as long as you're also involved in some kind of other side of it. And this is, and what I'm looking at in, the, in terms of the infrastructure is people who are involved in the production, um, circulation, and interpretation of what we consider art. Um, before we go into the detail of, of these people and how the selection process was done, can you tell us a little bit of why, this, this, why you did this show or how the idea came upon you? Yeah, um, I'm partially trained so I'm a research like an art historian and a researcher as well um, but I also was kind of trained within like art anthropology uh, and so there's been a lot of like reading and questions about um, what is an art world and how you can study it how you can understand it how you can look at it and actually you know try to find these relationships so like the foundation of all of these studies is the assumption in anthropology and sociology that an art world is inherently social that it is essentially a network of people who are making decisions and coming together to define parameters and define taste and divide, define all of these different kind of elements um, and so I, I've been interested in these questions for a while, and then um, when I was looking to do an exhibition, I was kind of wondering what it means to actually, rather than look at these abstract ideas and like structural studies of people which kind of remove the objects, what it means, or like you look at the objects as kind of a starting point and then as an indication of the people to see what it actually means to bring these objects together from the people into an like an art exhibition and to display them together, um, which is still something I'm kind of looking at and working out. So you reached out obviously to gallerists and other curators, and uh, I remember you mentioning also you know framers and also writers. And full disclosure, I'm one of the people that contributed, and you reached out to me as the blogger, as the writer, and and I thought it was really fascinating because, like you said, with each object contributed, there's a story. 
and I'm really interested in the story element and and the way and how do we find out these stories? Because even just the way the exhibition's displayed, right? So we walk in and we see all the objects and and um, and there's no necessarily catalog. It's where all the information's online and you're looking at each object and the stories behind it. And so there's this layer of sharing personal stories, which I thought was an interesting. Uh, angle to putting together this exhibition and 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 with these stories you start learning more about these people and uh, and what their engagement is with and I've been more curious about like the objects contributed by writers or you know people who frame artwork for galleries for exhibitions the non-collectors the non-collectors because non yeah I think you've got a, a couple of patrons as well right in this exhibition yeah, so mm -hmm. there's um, the range of people mm -hmm. is intentionally very wide. Um, so I did start with, like, I have the galleries and I invited the gallerists, but I also specifically asked them to invite, like, their staff members to invite people. And every single person, like, within this email um, that was the initial invitation, it specifically invited everyone to extend it beyond their network. And there are actually people who I had never met who have submitted, who I've now met through this exhibition because of this kind of chain. So that's that's one way of also investigating it. Um, and so, yeah, so I have, I have patrons, but then the people who are patrons are also, like, need to have some kind of, like, larger involvement. So they need to be doing some kind of, like, having events or having a public space and having an organization where they're actually, like, involved in the day-to-day um, processes beyond and like decision making beyond just like giving finances in terms of the stories and how they're they're sort of relating it I'm like anthropologically looking at kind of these ideas from Alfred Gell in a way from his book um, Art and Agency um, this is it's a study that he looked at it's like how you can actually measure or kind of interact with or like look at the interaction between a person and an artwork and an artist and an artwork and this whole like idea of artwork kind of arresting you and making you experience these things right um and so like it's more of like a liberal take of this is something blended with a bunch of other things where i'm like okay you can look at this object and use it as an index for these formal and these informal relationships and the stories then become kind of your legend to looking at that so you can read a lot into what someone has put so some of them actually like even though it was specifically about personal stories, there are people who kind of removed the personal element to it, um, who like didn't either either didn't want to put like specifically how they got it or who you know gave it to them or you know these kinds of elements. And then um, you know there, there's also like it's it's telling what kind of information you then you put in, how you tell it, how you there's all and kind of reading through them, comparing them, you actually see a lot of these things. So you have the you have the informal relationships of friendships, but you also have formal relationships of like where you bought it, how you know how you were working or encountering these people. Um, and so you see indications of both of these, but through the actual objects themselves and kind of the stories there. Um, for the listeners who haven't gone to the show yet, um, the show comprises about 84 different uh, uh, contributors. Uh, some of them contributed in one piece and some up to four uh, in a unit. But also these things vary from posters, works on paper, paintings, uh, sculptural aspects, objects, and even books and, and leftover uh, or even mid-production uh, left of art, art, uh, art processes. 
so even the, the 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 visual aspect of it is, is quite varied. And and as Laura had just mentioned, the link and the and the kind of six degrees of separation really is quite interesting, especially when you see a piece and of an artist, but it's not it's submitted by somebody that you thought would submit by somebody else, and that in itself creates a creates a conversation. Uh, which we can kind of go into detail with, um, but also one 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 aspect that Hind had kind of mentioned earlier that we can probably go into, so everybody's kind of a little bit more aware of the show before we get into the details, is the digital one. So there is no book, there is no paper um, for this show. It's all online, where you'd have a number next to the to the piece on the wall, and uh, which where the people would come in, go onto your uh, Mariah sub site on, on on the website and. Click, write the number down, and get the information of the piece, a visual of it, um, as well as the uh, the contributor and, and their story. You can even do do this from your home and check it out before you come in, or even if it's something that you've missed, you can c- calmly uh, do it when you're not in the gallery. So that that itself is also quite interesting, and it creates a dynamic of kind of following who's who and and and, and that story. So that story as well as as part of as you were saying is that interesting anthropological study that you want to do. Yeah, so I mean, to, before we can get into the digital, I think we have to also talk about how it was installed um, and also kind of like the parameters and like how we ended up with such a broad variety. Um, it was highly intentional. I want it to be a pretty organic process. I set the, the framework of who can participate, but anything within that essentially I left up to the contributors. So I left it intentionally vague whether it needed to be an artwork i also like specified it could be an artwork or an art related object in some way i mean it also like has to do with kind of resources not everybody working in the art world is going to have the resources to go like buy something at christie's Um, and there was actually a lot of conversations about like oh i don't have anything that can work i don't have anything I, i don't have any artwork i don't have any arts you know, at all, and I'm like, actually, but do you have, you do have things on your walls, you have things that you have chosen to value, that you have kept, so some of them are things that are left over from projects, there's a, um, there's a color test um, from the Charge Art Foundation, from the, not this uh, biennial, but the one before, um, and then there's actually also a wall label, which I really like, that gives you kind of this image this like insight into this ritual of the people working on these shows um when the the exhibitions are over they keep the wall labels of works that they particularly like and her text is really lovely because it's also kind of explaining she leaves distance like in her house for the like proposed kind of imaginary work that she's that aren't really like it's not attainable right it's not something like she's not going to be able to buy robert breer because I mean, most of us can't. There are people who can in the industry because you also have this huge like resource change, right? But like, but that it's significant enough to keep this and keep it as a reference is actually quite beautiful. Um, and so the digital, the digital goes along with the entire process and keeping these things vague and intentionally blending. So everything's installed as like a giant salon style that's across three walls, and then there's plinths with objects because not everything can go sculptures need you need to be able to walk around them you know these kinds of things but even those are mixed up quite a bit um i literally installed it one piece like we installed it one piece at a time where you know i said okay we laid everything out and it's like okay now this is going there and then stopped and looked and being like okay and now this one there um there's also i mean proportionally relationally almost everything is like line aligned with something else whether it's close or like farther away so that you have these kind of visual lines around um but it was intentionally 
blended in terms of style, value, scale, um, materiality. So like things that are more objects, even that are on the wall, are like mixed throughout. You have different strains of um, of like content as well. And so there's never there's kind of visual zones but at the same time they're all moving through each other and so like it's all put in kind of this equal value this way through the salon style one of the objects displayed in the exhibition i was a happy and surprised to see them and it was the um a collection of uh, art in the city maps and just seeing the evolution of that and how that's changed and uh, and this is something that's been published by uh, the jam jar so something that hetel uh, from the jam jar has been really passionate about and it was one of the early days where someone independently is trying to collate information about the arts organizations and groups and exhibitions in a printed form that can be um, distributed around the city for people to know what's going on and you know something that first started like as a fold-out sheet to a little you know notebook size to now like a proper kind of little mini magazine right and 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 to me it's a, a, a very obvious and literal display of, you know, of how things have progressed uh, in terms of the art scene in the UAE. And I thought that really brings in um, the spirit of a, the evolution of the art scene and, you know, someone part of the art community uh, that's been involved with it. And I was really happy to see, like, that was Hetel's contribution because it's... Uh, not necessarily like I know we talked about this offline, like the whole marketing aspect, right? Like certain art galleries or organizations are, you know, they've contributed pieces that are either promoting their own artists or <laughs> their own work. But with this, I felt even though it was something that was put out by the jam jar, but it's really it was for everyone. It was never about kind of owes, you know, a, a pat on the back just about the jam jar. So I was really like I was quite surprised and happy to see it. And actually, on that note. Now that the show is open and you've, and you've had a, a great opening night and people have been interacting with it both online and offline, is, is it, do you see it now that it's done as a, reflect, as a reflection of the UAE art scene and how and what have you changed your mind of, about, if any? So, I mean, it's not necessarily, there wasn't really anything to kind of change my mind about. And I wouldn't necessarily, like, I don't want to make, use it as, like, statements of, like, this is what it is. It was essentially, it was an experiment to see to see what this means, what will happen. The entire time, I had no idea. I had no idea what people were going to submit. I had no idea how I was going to hang it. I had no idea how it was going to come together at all. Because it essentially comes down to, again, like, relationships, which is at the core of the of the entire you know, project of like, okay, how many people are ever going to trust me to lend these artworks? Who's going to like trust me to put this thing together? Who's going to like have faith in this kind of strange exhibition concept? Because it's not something that happens all of the time. Um, it's not something that in this specific way that I've seen done before. Um, and so it's also, there were lots of conversations about what even this, this project is, who is submitting. Um, and so like it's the whole time it really is, it's just an experiment to see. So it's a reflection of the people who responded, but it's not, it can't be used as like a blanket for everything. It just, it is, sort of is what it is and it's a continual experiment. But that's what I find interesting about uh, kind of the show. It's a, it's not necessarily about, at least from my point of view, it's not necessarily about the objects in the show, but it is that interaction, the stories, that, that curatorial uh, uh, mention and anthropological section that we had kind of started the conversation about. It's, it's, that, it's that one piece of that study of the art world within an art world environment, in a sense. You're showing the art world itself. 
and and alone that is that is a good study which is what I'm saying as as any study did, was there a learning from it that you didn't expect to happen or is it just a kind of a study and a representation of what's going on but then again a lot of these shows you get you get to see them and then you start re-seeing something else and it's something we can talk about offline which is what interested me was the digital loan uh, kind of anti-social interaction on the social, not, not social media, on, on online. So usually you go to galleries, you have people looking at the art and talking about it. And a lot of times here we had people going on their phones, but it was totally okay because we wanted them to go on their phones. But it was also very social mm. because then everybody, even if you're using the phone, I mean, we generally look at technology as this like isolating, alienating factor. But in this case, you're actually using the phone and using the catalog and putting it um, digitally in this way made it more made you more connected to the pieces basically you needed to like you need to because there's no so there's no uh, like going along with the salon mm. there's no like indication of who the submitter is or even like who the artist is or who the story is there's a in case like the internet crashes yeah. and you can't get on the wi-fi and 3g and whatever the world ends we do have like a list of captions of the submitters their titles and the artists um and but it is also kind of annoying to need to use that because you have to walk back and forth. So like it's there so you can still navigate. Yeah. No, no, but, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I, the interactive idea is brilliant because I think you get the, the audience doing the research that you were doing in a sense and, and getting involved and ultimately becoming part of this larger art scene. Yeah, so like that's essentially that's the intention behind it because now so you're there and you have to be visually kind of interested in what you're what's in front of you. So you're already engaged, and then there's this element of surprise. You put in the number and you're like, oh, this is from this person, and then you read and you understand why. But then the next thing that you pick is based on your choice. So every single person is following a different trajectory and a different path, and you know finding these connections. And what was exciting about the opening is that then you know because people are doing this and making these links on their own and participating and navi literally navigating this network, um, then they started finding their own. So I mean, like Deborah Najjar saw a, a piece, the the one that said. Psht, by uh, Mary Ellen Carroll, I think. Um, and she was like, why does that look familiar? Um, and so she puts it in, goes through, and is like, oh my gosh, he asked me how to frame it. And so, like, this is a, this is, this obviously wasn't included in the text. It's not like he was like, oh, and then I didn't know how to frame this, so then I, whatever. But, it, but it's this extra, so you're finding all of these extra connections and extra stories, and like, oh, so this is from, uh, this is from, like, this show that happened. And, like, I also love, what, going back to kind of the art maps, I love that it is, you know, it's a physical, Mapping of the art world, but then also it's the only kind of temporal element that's like dealing with this idea of of time, where you're seeing this kind of evolution and change, and so you're you're tying that into. I think it adds a really beautiful presence to the um, to the exhibition, where you see this kind of like development, because that goes along very much with this, with these networks. Um, actually, funnily enough, Hind and I over the past few episodes, and and personally, have been talking about curators and curatorial work and these kind of group shows and how uh, when does when do curators kind of end up interacting with the art especially when they do but this is the kind of I guess this is one of the few times where a curatorial piece isn't necessarily creating or shifting the, the art pieces in itself but working as a study and 
which is what interests me, is because it is that, that kind of gray line between art presentation and art study. Well, I mean, in this case, the parameters that Laura set was, you know, who's contributing, but she has no idea what's being mm. submitted. I, I can't imagine you've, you, did you refuse any objects or like no. you welcomed? Uh, okay, so the only thing that I refused was if it logistically was not possible. So um, there was a submission that was like three and a half meters long, um, which will not fit in our elevators. So I had to say no to that. No to that. Um, and then one that just like the packing and the shipping from Dubai to Sharjah was just like, so astronomical I just couldn't do it um, and even that I like we're seriously negotiating and trying to figure it out but it's just like those are just the normal logistical things that you have with any exhibition any institution um, and it's also kind of funny funnily something that like is mentioned in all of these studies, right? When, like, Howard Becker, he did this book in, like, 1984, which is kind of, like, the, the, the kind of standard that, like, started this whole thing. People have expanded it, but it's also, again, like, how I'm looking at it, where he's... No, it's not... There's academics that have expanded on it. It's sort of, like, the most basic laying out of... Wait, guy, wait guys, maybe the art world is social, right? So it's kind of, like, the building block of everything else that's come after. Um, but he even is, like, well you can make and he's looking into like the artist and the relationship with the artist and all of these people and being like artists can make things without these networks of people but if you make a sculpture that cannot fit into a museum it will not be in the museum if you make you know and all of these kind of limitations of of that so again like I couldn't have I physically could not get the sculpture up into the gallery, so that's the only one. I find it hilarious. Someone thought it was okay to send you like a three-meter piece, and you know that becomes the sole exhibition. <laughs> but as you, I mean, pointing out earlier to what you said, like this was they, they did submit something else. Okay, for the record, <laughs> they submitted something else, and they checked with me whether and I like whether this three-meter thing would actually work. Because if I could logistically have done it, I would have. Well, we're not we're not naming or shaming anyone, yeah. but but I mean, going back to your point earlier, where you said you know. A lot of it was experimental. You had no idea the outcome of it. And talking about kind of the role of the curator and where does the where does your role stop and that's it, it's out there and you have no idea, no control. And and I like that. So mm. pretty much you didn't refuse you, you didn't know what was gonna be submitted, you pretty much accepted almost everything. Yes, there was no I like or don't like. Exactly. So it wasn't yeah. your personal taste or your kind of opinion on this works or that doesn't work and so with that I think it now starts opening up to yes a mm. curiosity people want to see who submitted this oh and why and and, and that kind of information is there and then I think connections whether they're intentional or not and um, I mean I was I was drawn to pieces like I'm normally you know, I, I know there were a couple of film posters I know I submitted film themed uh, uh, objects when I saw they're like oh wait, who else and so that already I was drawn to right or photographs of people submitted and that was something I was drawn to right away and reading it and and so I think there's this element and I'm really glad like a that Mariah has opened up to hosting an exhibition which really is Mm. experimental right so there's you don't have a hundred percent control over it um and 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 which leads me like you know would you consider this you know treat this as a community exhibition right because this is I, I feel as a community element to it before we get into that one i just want to quickly interject and say um i don't think many organizations can have the capability of doing a show like this versus mariah because they all 
most of the ones we have are uh, commercial gas. No, that's yeah. true. That's true. I'm, I'm just saying that mm. it's, you know, like hats off yeah. to Mariah to exactly. be open and to hosting an exhibition like this. Yeah, and it's quite interesting, uh, though we'll get back to after your question, is whether um, it's as, as, as interesting to the audience who are not in the art world as it is to us. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, like the community exhibition okay, aspect. So we'll go back to the community exhibition. So the short answer is yes, it is a community exhibition. Um, it is looking at the community and what brings the community together. And essentially at the heart of that is this kind of belief in art. And you can find all kinds of things about like equating this to like almost a belief in magic in some way. Um, and But it's also, it, that's just, it's kind of one element of it. And so, and also the like the social project of looking at the connections between people is one part of it. The other part is very much looking at how people working in art are assigning value to things, whether they have market value or not. And so like the kind of the core dynamics are like person to artwork and then also person to person. I kind of highlighted the person to person because of this like community notion. It's also in Ramadan. It was, you know, it's meant to kind of bring people together. It's meant to bring uh, all of these things into perspective, but it also then when you're looking at the stories and you're looking at all of these things really broadens the notion of what this community is um, Which was part of what was interesting as well in terms of the UA defining the UAE as an art world Because you find all of these pieces that are actually creating links outside of the UAE as well outside of the UAE now So like through time, but also physically to other places um, and so that's and that's broadening what we consider the community. So do you think this is something that could expand into uh, ideas that can be looked at annually? So, um, you know, this year was about objects. I don't know, like, has, do you think it's opened up to new I ideas that you can look at? Um, I mean, to me, so I kind of see, I see different ways. To me, it's primarily a one-off project that is gonna kind of keep growing. There's a lot of things to unpack with it so in terms of like my own research from it I'm hoping to continue looking at it but in this particular iteration and variation I mean I'm also interested because I mean like I did restrict the contributions um, I am interested in looking at artists and what like artists have received from other artists or other what they have collected um, but Part of why I defined it the way that I did was also because these are sort of more regular channels for investigating the art world. Essentially, like the the larger views are usually like artists make art, collectors, including like large institutions, you know, purchase, and you have this sort of financial chain between yeah, people with money and people with genius. And so the exhibition is looking at everything that makes that possible whether it's you know the just the, the the actual like production of the artwork then the movement to the person but it's also like the defining of genius and you know looking at how you know like how you build careers and all of these kinds of things and so like and we did I had a conversation with someone about like whether this is like invisible labor and talking about invisible labor and I don't think that that's the right term because when you're in the art world it's not invisible it's very real and this is also something that I think is responding in terms of the community. Like, you're not going to find an artist who 
is who doesn't realize that there are all these that there are other people who are involved i think collectors gal- like everybody knows that there's networks of people and you know you have you know they acknowledge assistants they acknowledge gallerists they acknowledge like all of these they're there they're there and the relationships are real yeah, but it's just the yeah yeah, yeah the, the printers way. the you know the plexi guys the you know manufacturers of all kinds of things um the carpenters, all of this. So, like, you, they're there, and they're acknowledged, and it's not invisible. It's really just more, like, the exhibition is sort of, like, a phase shift, essentially, where you're just changing the focus between this, like, main dynamic and looking at kind of the in-between. Because anyway, that's the difference between art and the art world, which is yeah. what you specify. So, it, so, it's, yeah. so it's completely understandable. Yeah. Um, so and then, the, what was the other? Yeah. And, and then I was kind of actually now talking about art and the art world and the community did the do do the non art world people who viewed this how how did they interact with the show? I think they like it. Uh, I think they're they're engaging with it because they're not aware of these relationships, and so it's kind of in that case it's kind of getting into the mystery of how these things happen. I mean, like the number I have, I have friends who are not into art who have come and been like, oh okay, I get this more. And, like, I've used this show and, like, developing this show to, like, explain some of these things about, like, how how artwork is valued, how you, you define these things, how you put finances and whatever and all of these things. But I have also then used it to go beyond that and look at, you know, these people who are working in the industry are valuing some of these things and keeping them that to the market. It's not an investment. But it is a personal, it is a personal tie, and I mean, like the the piece that I submitted doesn't technically have market value. It's a it's a film poster, so we're, we're on the same wavelengths as that. Um, that actually came from uh, my first job ever in the art world, like my first paying job, uh, which was as a studio assistant to Zaina Khalil in uh, in Beirut, and so like it, it, I didn't go into the full story like so I'm one of these people who didn't go into like the full full detail but essentially um, Beirut has these kind of archaic laws at some points um, and one of them is over the um, like property rights um, and essentially I think during the Civil War one of the tenants of one of the the buildings that her family owns um, committed suicide and they forgot about it and then realized that 10 years had elapsed there's a, a law that you have to leave um, of personal effects and apartments untouched for 10 years so that people can come claim it and no one ever can, like claimed it and so they entered the apartment and it's the entire like archive of this Lebanese filmmaker uh, Reda Mayasar so this is a uh, it's a poster from uh, one of his like most well-known kind of documentary films The Revolted Palestinian that she gave me as like a as a gift so I just want to say all film posters have value so I just want to you know put that out there yeah <laughs> And, and okay, it has it has <laughs> it has value, but it doesn't have like it's not going to show up at Christie's anytime. <laughs> no, 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 it won't. But it still has. I know. Like, I, I guess this is just kind of my personal opinion because of my love of film. Anything found and yeah, you know, discarded, like it totally has value. You know, whether it's uh, like you know history behind it or memory or artwork and you know the creativity. So yeah, no, yay to film posters. And I'm glad actually there's quite a few. So again, listeners who are interested, there's a really good variation of objects in this and definitely posters are included actually I do hope that with the time and summer coming up and, and, and schools 
um, you would have the opportunity to have little school tours and stuff, other people come in, because as you said earlier, I do think it's a good way for someone to be introduced into the art world without the scary artness um, of it all. And I think maybe a, a good way to, to wrap this episode up is for you to tell us maybe what are your favorite, some of your favorite stories that you've, that you've found rather than the objects that were there, and if, if, and if you have any as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really lovely stories. Um, I mean, I'm gonna kind of go. You don't have to go to names if you don't want. To. Yeah, I, like I don't necessarily have favorites, but I have ones that kind of show the, like the variation, which I like. I enjoy the different kind of elements. So I mean, like there's two professors from NYU Abu Dhabi, uh, Sandra Peters and Laura Schneider, who actually submitted each other's work. Um, and they're part of this faculty group that critiques and then also like exchanges and per, like uh, purchases work from each other. So I really liked that that's kind of like shedding light on there. Um, Batul Muhammad with the, the wall label I also really enjoyed. Um, she's working at, uh, at the Charger Art Foundation. Um, Umar Bhatt from Grey Noise actually submitted the, um, the invitation that he sent um, Hetzel Pawani, who became his business partner. Um, there, his the, the first invitation to the the first show he ever did in Lahore. So before he even moved the gallery here and before they went to business, before they really knew each other. Um, and he like he took it from her desk, actually, at the gallery and didn't tell her. Um, so when she came to the opening, it was the first time that she saw it. And it was it was a really lovely reaction. Um, so that like so that kind of like emotional connection. And, and on that lovely story, I think it's a good time to, to wrap. Uh, thank you, Laura, for taking us uh, through the details of, of the show. And um, for everyone listening, keep in mind the show is on um, until August 19th in Mariah Art Center in Sharjah, Collectivity, Objects and Associations in the UAE Art World. And you can also check it online on the website, mariah.ae slash collectivity. And you can even kind of sample through the stories and read them. And then again, go into the, to the gallery and check it out. And like always, you can find our podcast on SoundCloud as well as iTunes, where you can download and, and listen. And please uh, review and, and share any comments for us to, to always take them in. Thank you very much and goodbye.